the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another Unite IE packed edition on Saturday afternoon. My name is Don Dix. I'm the chapter leader of Act for America and Corona, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Greg Britton, cabinet member of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. Good afternoon, Greg. Afternoon. It's great to be with you, and we want to get right to our guests because we've got sort of breaking news that stems from a 60 Minutes episode that aired Sunday night where Anderson Cooper was digging into the jihadi Garland terror attack. And, of course, that's on the heels of last week's jihad attack in uh, London. Well, let's, let's start by setting the table with what was going on in Garland that led to the attack. Right. And let's bring on our guest to do that. That would be Robert Spencer, who was actually there. Robert Spencer is the... Uh, operator of the website jihadwatch.org. You can get more information about Robert's work there. You can also follow him on Twitter at, at jihadwatchrs. And, of course, he's the author of many books, uh, most recently, uh, The Complete Infidel's Guide to Iran, and has an upcoming book called The Complete Infidel's Guide to Free Speech and Its Enemies. Robert, welcome to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Don. So, yes, as Greg said, let's set the table for the conversation with a, a, a thumbnail sketch of what was going on in Garland, Texas, that you and Pamela Geller were involved in that was this topic of this 60 Minutes uh, segment. It was the Muhammad Art Exhibit and Cartoon Contest, and it was co-sponsored by the American Freedom Defense Initiative uh, and uh, Jihad Watch, and it was designed to defend the freedom of speech. What we were trying to do was to show that in the face of the massacres of the Muhammad cartoonists in Paris in January 2015, we were going to show that there were at least some people who were not willing to submit to violent intimidation, who were not going to kowtow. When we have a group of people saying, if you draw Muhammad, we will kill you, we have to understand that we have a choice then, either to draw Muhammad or to submit and surrender and say, yes, you can threaten to kill us and control our behavior in that way. And of so course, we this, trying- this is on the heel. This is not, you were not doing something that was out of the box. This has been done before. Charlie Hebdo is the famous, uh, you know, jihad attack that comes to mind, you know, for people that were making fun of and drawing Muhammad. Right, that was a French yeah, we were reacting to that. We were reacting to that massacre because that was in January 2015, and our event was in May. In between, what happened was in Garland, Texas, there was a Muslim group that had a conference defending Muhammad and denouncing attacks on uh, so-called Islamophobia and essentially denouncing the freedom of speech. And we thought that was abominable. So in, we, we rented the same hall in the same town to have a free speech event. Gotcha. And that's what this was. So, uh, almost on cue, two uh, two uh, jihadis show up, well-armed, 
with the intent of killing as many people there as possible. And fortunately, they were killed by the police that were guarding the event. And it got some press attention. And yeah, a failed terrorist attack, good deal. One of the officer was wounded, not seriously. You know, basically, yeah, good news for the day. Now, more information has been coming out. Tell us about that. Well, we found out in August 2016 that there was an FBI agent who had been in touch with these jihadis and had actually encouraged them to carry out the attack. Wow. Now, that kind of thing, that doesn't, uh, in the first place, I don't really mind if there are infiltrators and people who are posing as jihadis, talking to the jihadis, if they're trying to stop the attack. But in this case, it's very different. And what came out in 60 Minutes recently that we did not know beforehand is that there was this undercover agent who had told them to tear up Texas, in other words, to, to attack our event. He was actually following in the car behind the attackers and was himself arrested on the scene because, of course, the cops on the scene who we had hired, they were there on our dime. They didn't know that this guy was an FBI agent, and so they arrested him there. And so what we have is the spectacle of the FBI knowing that our event was going to be attacked by jihadi, and not only not stopping it, not only sending a, a, a SWAT team or something, some kind of group to stop the attack, but actually encouraging the attack and having their, their sole agent on hand, being mm. the guy who encouraged the attack. And so I can only conclude that the FBI wanted Pamela Geller and me dead. Wow. And they had somebody inside the event. The FBI. Yes, because uh, the the uh, agent was taking questions. The the uh, FBI agent was getting questions from the jihadi, and they were asking somebody in the event, and or or they were asking through the FBI agent somebody in the event how many people are there, what kind of security do they have, what do the entrances look like, all these kinds of questions. Now they were interestingly enough, the answers were not released, only the questions in an indictment of another man in North Carolina who was involved in the plot. And so we know that the FBI had a guy there and that there was an informant inside, but we don't know anything else. There was, there's no other, I mean, actually what we do know is that they didn't have anybody else there, that they didn't have a group of people to stop the event. They, 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 if any, uh, stop the attack, that is, that if, if the only conclusion that can be drawn is that it's quite obvious that the FBI knew this attack was going to take place because they were in communication with the jihadis, but they wanted it to happen. Now, let me re, let me let me just reiterate that what what's being painted here is a picture that individuals with the FBI who have sworn an oath to uphold, protect the Constitution, and Americans were in full knowledge that a jihad attack was underway. And what you're contending is there was no effort by that law enforcement agency to actually stop the attack. Right. And thus far, it's 60 Minutes has this. 60 Minutes has, uh, that was the thrust of their report, essentially that the FBI did nothing to stop this jihad attack. As it happened, though, we spent, uh, Pamela Geller and I spent well over $10,000. I forget the exact amount, but it was quite a lot of money. To get police there, our, our security people hired the police, hired a SWAT team. They were our, our it was all our private security detail of our nickel, and they stopped the jihadis. But if they had not been there, the FBI certainly was doing nothing to stop the jihadis that they knew were coming, that they were in communication with, 
that they knew was were, were going to mount an attack. So in the FBI's scenario, we get killed. Wow. Is anybody investigating this? Well, who's going to investigate it? The FBI? I mean, we're talking about corruption at very high levels, and it seems to me likely that it goes higher. I doubt that the FBI just decided to go rogue and kill some so-called right-wing extremists. So I think that probably you have the president of the United States saying the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam, as Barack Obama famously said. And you have people he's put in high places in these agencies, and they are not studying jihad. They're not countering jihad. They think that the big problem is right-wing extremists. And here you have a couple of prominent so-called right-wing extremists, Geller and me, and here we are doing, offending the prophet of Islam, slandering the prophet of Islam in this view. And so he figures, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating, of course, but it, it makes sense to think that he thinks that we are a, a nuisance, that we are, that an example needs to be made, that he needs to show that if the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam, because those who do slander the prophet of Islam are going to end up dead. This is your fate. And it's important to understand the con- the national security context of this, because early on in the Obama administration, the Department of Homeland Security issued, in fact, a report detailing uh, right-wing extremism, buried every reference in every report to the words Islam, jihad, uh, in fact purged our national security apparatus of anybody who had any belief that you could connect jihad to Islam. All of that was was actively purged, and, uh, you know, a la guys like Philip Haney, who were connecting the dots between jihad and Islam, but the Obama administration was was purging that entire narrative out of our national security apparatus. Right, and also remember that not only were they doing that, they were certainly doing that, but not only that, but the other thing that was going on was that the uh, military and the administration had already shown that it would be it would work actively to curtail the freedom of speech to avoid offending Muslims. That we already had the the, the crazy pastor in Florida, Terry Jones, and I say crazy. I don't I don't know the man, and you know I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I don't approve of burning books. I think people should read the Quran. Uh, burning books is, is Nazi symbolism. Right. And it's not the sort of thing we should be doing. I'm not a supporter of that. But he's a free American. He's he he can exercise his freedom of expression, and he was going to burn the Quran. And we have high-level people. The, the, the leader of our forces in Afghanistan called the man up and pleaded with him not to burn the Quran. And there was somebody else, I think it might have been the Secretary of Defense under Obama, Gates, called him up and asked him, please, please don't burn the Quran. And so it's very clear, in other words, that the Obama administration took this very seriously. And here we are. It's not that they are... Uh, hiring the jihadis. It's not that they're killing us themselves. I'm not saying that. These jihadis were were hardened, trained guys who've been looking around for a target for a few years and had talked about hitting the Super Bowl, talked about hitting some some other targets, and then they fastened on us. And the FBI found out about it, they knew about it, and they figured, hey, this is a perfect opportunity. Here again, I'm speculating, but it's 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 on record now that they knew it, knew about the attack and did nothing to stop it. And so 
I think it, it worked in their interest. Scary. We can get rid of these troublesome right wingers who are offending Muslims. Scary if the implications of what you're saying are accurate all the way to the top. We're talking to Robert Spencer. He is the curator of the website uh, www.jihadwatch.org. Uh, you can keep up to date with his numerous postings there. Author of the book Complete Infidels Guide to Iran. And we will have more with Robert Spencer on some other related topics to this after the break from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs residential and commercial. More with Robert Spencer after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now. And from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Uh, The Quran teaches us that we should strive hard against the unbelievers and hypocrites and be unyielding to them, and their abode is hell and evil is their destination. But, of course, Islam and the Quran have nothing to do with Islamic terrorism. We have on the line with us uh, Robert Spencer, the proprietor of the uh, website jihadwatch.org. And we were talking about the FBI had stood back and was going to let a terrorist attack happen that where Robert was in Garland, Texas back in 2015. And fortunately, law and local law enforcement was able to stop that and, and kill the terrorists. Robert is also the author of a book, The Complete Infidel's Guide to Iran. And we've talked to him when Robert was here previously about how the Obama's nukes for Iran deal is going to let Iran have nuclear weapons. And I'm not hearing a whole lot about this. I mean, Trump has met with Netanyahu, and there's reports of cooperation potentially with some Arab states. Is Are they doing something to stop Iran from getting nuclear weapons or is it just hand-wringing and no one's doing anything? Do you have any you have any insight, Robert? Well, certainly if they are doing anything, it's very much behind the scenes. There is no public indication that the president is doing anything to follow through on his vow that the Iran deal would be rolled back and that uh, Iran would be stopped. Now, that said, he has put on new sanctions, but those were in the offing already. And it's clear that he's uh, taken a very strong stance against Iran, and he's only been president for a few months. So I'm not saying that he's not going to move against them, but there's been no big move yet. And uh, officially, the Iran deal is still in force, although no more uh, huge cash transfers have been going to Iran since Donald Trump's been president. Well, they have all their money, don't they? Is there any more money left to transfer to them? 
I'm sure Barack Obama or if Hillary Clinton were president would find ways to get more money to them. <laughs> but they, uh, right now, no, the, the cash spigot has been turned off. Short of military, I've, n- I've never heard a good answer from anybody, is short of military action, is there a plan? Is there a way that you could see that, would, that, that could stop Iran from developing nuclear weapons? Because sanctions are not... International sanctions are not coming back. The Europeans aren't going to do it. The Russians aren't going to do it. The Chinese aren't going to do it. Do you see a way, short of war, short of a military force, to stop Iran from getting nuclear weapons? No. Uh, I think that there's going to be war because the Iranians want war. And I make this clear in uh, my book from last year, The Complete Infidel's Guide to Iran. I have a number of quotes, and it's just one after the other after the other. Uh, but I put them all in to show that this is not something just one guy said once, but something that uh, Iranian officials at the highest levels have repeated again and again and again, that they want war with the United States, and they're working toward war with the United States. The United States is not paying attention, but the Iranians are actively trying to bring about war with us. And so there's either going to be war or there's going to be surrender beforehand, on the part of one side or the other. And there could be that the Iranian regime will fall or that some uh, president of the United States is so weak and supine in the Obama mode that uh, war becomes unnecessary because the Iranians are just getting everything they want. But remember, they were very bellicose even when Obama was president. It wasn't that they'll just, they, they become more like when they think we're not nice to them. They, they regard our niceness with contempt and regard it as weakness, and think that uh, the, the, it only means that our downfall is more imminent. The Iranians are Shia Muslim. And the Shia, tell us about the Shia vision of the apocalypse and the war that after which the imam from the 800s is going to emerge and everything is going to be good with the world like it was in the good old 800s. Yeah, the problem is that the 12th Imam, the savior figure in Shia Islam, is going to come back at a time when the Muslims are more ferociously persecuted than they ever been in history, ever have been in history. And so then the 12th Imam is going to come out and save the day, you see. Now, the problem here is that there have been indications that the Iranians, some high-level Iranians in the Islamic Republic, might think that it, they can bring about that persecution, that they can make sure that the uh, Muslims are more persecuted than ever before, and thereby trigger the return of the 12th Imam. That they can do that, say, by nuking Tel Aviv and then achieving and then receiving the retaliatory nukes. And Ali Akbar Hashemi Rafsanjani, the former president of Iran, who just died recently, he said uh, 10, 15 years ago, he actually said that the, the Israelis, if we nuke them, they're done. There's five, six million Israelis. That's it. But if they nuke Iran, Iran can sustain 10 to 15 million casualties. And so we know that we have the former president of Iran. We have high-level people who are thinking in that way. And it coincides exactly with the vision of the 12th Imam, that if they sustain those 12 to 15 million casualties, then that's the persecution that's worse than the Muslims have ever before experienced. And then the boy will return. So that's Shia Islam. How different is that from Sunni Islam? Don't they have a similar end game in mind under the Sunni sort of version of Islam? 
similar but decisively different in many important ways. For one thing, the Sunnis don't have the 12th Imam at all. The 12th Imam is in the line of the leaders of the Muslim that was the split from the Sunnis, uh, the, the set of the Shiite leaders of the Muslims that the Sunnis reject. Okay. And so they don't think that he's any, any sort of person at all. They do have a Mahdi, the, the 12th Imam is identified with the Mahdi, who is a savior figure in, uh, the, in, in Islamic apocalyptic writing. But the, the Sunnis have a Mahdi, but he's not the 12th Imam, and he is going to come back, but not necessarily at a time when the Muslims are being ferociously persecuted. I but see. he is going to make war against uh, the non-Muslims and conquer and, and, and kill, all, kill all those who don't convert to Islam in company with Jesus. And, and this is the Sunni vision. And ISIS is predominantly Sunni, correct? Yeah, ISIS is looking for that final showdown in the in the town called Dabak, which is in northern Syria. And they they had hoped they used to control Dabak, but I believe they've lost it. And they uh, had hoped to bring about within ten years the final battle that Muhammad talks about in, in Islamic prophecy the, 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 between the Muslims and the non-Muslims, when the Muslims would defeat the non-Muslims, the uh, Mahdi will come back with Jesus and they will kill all the non-Muslims who don't convert to Islam, and Islam will reign all over the world. That's yeah. the Sunni vision that they hope to bring about in the next 10 years. Boy, I am sure glad that Islam is the religion of peace, because if it wasn't, we could be in a heck of a lot of trouble. But it is time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. More with Robert Spencer after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Moreno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE. Broker license number 0114747. And California Financers Lenders License number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. NMLS 9873. AM 590. The answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We are thrilled and honored to have uh, as our guest for this half hour, Robert Spencer. His website, jihadwatch.org, is a place that you can regularly go to keep track of the worldwide global jihad and the effort to establish the fulfillment of the Islamic faith caliphate. Uh, he's also the author of The Complete Infidel's Guide to Iran and 14 other books, many of them uh, New York Times bestsellers, as well as an upcoming book called The Complete Infidel's Guide to Free Speech and Its Enemies. Greg? In our remaining time, here's the question. We see that terror, Islamic terrorists cite that as their motivation. There are radical Islamic preachers that teach radical Islam and if not expressly say go to commit a terrorist attack give the underlying motivation for this yet Western leaders in the elites in the government in the media in academia either don't see this or they're too politically correct to admit it or they're complicit 
with the Islamists. What is going on? What do you think it is? Some combination of those three or what? Tell us. I, yeah, I think it's a combination of the three. There are some people who, I mean, of course, the Islamic groups have been very skillful in appropriating civil rights language and racism language, racism being America's national trauma. And then they say that opposing jihad terror is racist, that putting in uh, the uh, counterterror measures in various places, uh, the surveillance of the mosques in New York City is uh, is racist, it's Islamophobic, it's bigoted, and the left just eats that up. They, they, they cave in when that kind of thing is said. And so that's one thing. And then the more radical leftists, they, I think, really do see common cause. They see ideological kin. They hate America, and so do the jihadis. And so they think, here we are, and this is uh, somebody we can work with because we see eye to eye. They both also have an authoritarian vision of a paradise on Earth built on violence. The, the, the uh, far left, excuse me, wants to establish a uh, communist state, you know, the workers' paradise, where those who get out of line are sent to the gulag or killed. And the uh, jihadis want to establish Sharia, where it's the perfect society of Allah, and those who get out of line are... Uh, are punished, you know, stoned to death or amputated and that kind of thing. And so it's here again, an authoritarian vision of paradise based on violence. So and, they, they're ideological kin. And Trump can't do this alone. It requires all of us to be engaged. Robert, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we will, would you, will you come back and update us on uh, other aspects of this uh, civilization struggle? Uh, call me anytime. Pleasure, gentlemen. God Thank bless you, you. Thank you. More with the Unite IE Radio program up ahead. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We just had a great first half of the show with Robert Spencer of JihadWatch.org about the how the FBI was going to let a terrorist attack proceed at an event where Robert Spencer was at the time. And they could have stopped it, but did not. But fortunately, local law enforcement uh, stopped the terrorists and, and, and killed them. And the overall state of the, of the jihad and the, and the Western response to it. So if you, if you didn't listen to it, we'd encourage you to go back and pick it up on the podcast because that was a really great segment with, with Robert Spencer. And share the podcast on your Facebook with your friends because uh, this is, you know, the FBI is in the news this week, of course, with the ongoing hearings at the House Intelligence Committee meeting, which was canceled. It was supposed to be a private meeting. Uh, that was canceled uh, with both the head of the NSA as well as uh, Jim, James Comey. Um, but to hear the way that this story is being reflected by Robert, corroborated on, you know, CBS had 60 Minutes on this week with Anderson Cooper essentially saying all the same things. You had experts testify. What? How is it that you have a an FBI agent, undercover agent, following the jihadists into this event, knowing how that they're armed to the hilt and actually encouraging them, connecting with uh, an FBI informant inside the event who's letting people know how many people are at the event, what security looks like. I mean, th- there, there's nothing there, and the FBI has revealed nothing that would suggest that there was any effort to stop it. Well, there wasn't. And uh, normally the FBI, when they have these situations, they roll, they arrest the terrorists well before 
the day of the event before right. they're on, before they're armed and driving to the uh, driving to the event. I, I mean, you could literally pull these guys over with the arms in their car, uh, knowing who they are, knowing the paper trail that they've had. They've had these guys under surveillance for what years? Pull them over in the car. That's a guaranteed twenty five year sentence. That's what all these guys who are involved in any kind of an FBI, uh, I mean, a terrorist plot that the FBI busts. Pull them over. That's a, that's a guaranteed. They've got a guaranteed twenty five year uh, bed uh, waiting for them in Folsom or wherever they send these guys. Yeah. So it, it's just a, it's a staggering story, and we'll see whether it's, it's investigated. Uh, you know, it's too it's too bad the Republicans don't control the Congress and have a Republican Attorney General right now that, that could that could investigate this real story as opposed to the uh, fake news, fake intelligence of the Russia story. Right, it is, and, that, and, it, that's, and that's and that that continues to play out. The the Democrats will not give up that fake narrative. Wouldn't it be great to have a Republican president and a Republican Senate and a Republican House? Wouldn't it be awesome to have control of two thirds of the country and Republican legislatures? Boy, then we could really get some think, stuff done, Greg. Think what we could accomplish if that was the case. Oh my gosh, we could we could probably get rid of uh, Obamacare. We could probably get rid of uh, the EPA, the Department of Education. We could probably get rid of, uh, you know, actually have a Department of Justice, get rid of sanctuary cities, get rid of a sanctuary state in California if they opt to go that way. We could really get some stuff done. Yeah, maybe we just get rid of California. If only. I know, right? Let them go. Speaking of California, did you see any of the videotape that emerged from the March 25th Spirit of America rallies around the country, particularly in Huntington Beach, where there was actually a little fracas? There was. And the the, uh, the leftist brown shirts were out there and uh, seeking to break up the event. And they uh, had their had their pepper spray. And one of the one of the leaders there got pepper sprayed. But this time the uh, the Trump uh, men defended her, and um, the uh, leftist brown shirts ended up in full retreat. They did, and arrested. We had There were six arrested. Uh, four were actually booked on uh, charges, and so their life is inexorably altered. So it's just, it's just too bad some more of those, uh, you know, anti-fob dressed in black with black hats and their faces covered didn't show up so that we could uh, give more of them a nice bed and get them out of their parents' basements and into, uh, you know, a real bed. Well, you know, it depends what the prosecutors do with it. Yeah, they may get arrested, and but quite, what char- what if any charges are brought? Do they plea bargain it down? It'd be interesting to follow up and see what if, what if anything happens. But it's really part of the larger um, war that's going on, the civil war that's going on. And I have never seen in my, and I follow politics, the level of opposition that Donald Trump is encountering. And that's just the Republicans. Right. No, that's, uh, and we came back, circling back to the, to the Russia story. I mean, there is, there is literally no evidence of anything that Donald Trump or any of his people did wrong. And in fact, there's really even scanty evidence that it was the Russians responsible for the hacking. Because, because, the, because what happened is there is the Democrats would not let the FBI do the forensics on their computers. The Democrats hired their own company to do that. So we're relying on the company hired by the Democrats to tell us this. And the latest batch of WikiLeaks is the CIA and presumably other hacking countries have the ability to hack and then fake it so it, it looks like somebody else did the hacking. 
Yeah, I agree. This whole Russian, we had Senate intel hearings now getting in on the Russian act. This whole Russian narrative is a sideshow, a distraction, an effort by the Democrats to do several things, in my opinion. First of all, to cover up for what a damaged candidate Hillary Clinton was and what a horrible campaign she ran. You know, the Russians did not undermine the sales of her stupid book and, you know, shorten the lines of people that were there to ostensibly sign up. The Russians didn't hack her campaign events that were woefully under attended. You know, you had the one campaign event that happened in Princeton, New Jersey, where they literally had to bus in high school students in order to fill a 200 seat theater so that she could hold a campaign event. This was happening all over the place. The only reason the day before the election that she was able to fill you know, that square in front of Phil, uh, Liberty uh, Independence Hall in Philadelphia was because she had three uh, star studded singers, you know, there. Otherwise, that would have been an empty offering a free concert, offering free mm-hmm. concerts. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a distraction to keep away. And if it was an issue, Greg, if the if if Democrats were genuinely concerned about Russian hacking, this has been going on for decades. Russia is it's in their DNA to in interfere and influence anything that's non-Russia from Europe to Israel to America. If they were genuinely concerned about this, this should have come up decades ago. Yeah. But the real scandal is the spying that was done by the U.S. government, and it looks like on Donald Trump and his associates. That was, in fact, that was just confirmed was on Hannity this week. There was a former official of the Demo- of the Obama administration for, who had left in 2015, who was talking about how the inf- they had got all this information uh, and surveillance on Donald Trump and his associates. So, how was she getting this classified information when she was out? Of the government. Right. You're talking about Dr. Evelyn Farkas. And and, and what happened was this actually, this segment that's finally been dug up out of the... uh, news archives. This is this is weeks old. It happened on MSNBC on Morning Joe, and she actually revealed the whole thing. She actually said, you know, what the strategy was to spread this information throughout the national security network. Uh, their reasoning was to keep it from being uh, covered up by the incoming Trump administration. They wanted it in as many corners. But the reality of it was this is what result this is what created all the leaks. She admits to it. Right. And she said, we, we need to get this information out there. So, so, she, so not only was the information leaked to her, she was saying that we need to get the information leaked out to the to the press and the public. Right. So it was, it was amazing. She would actually say all this stuff. And well, she, she and did. She, and, and she had no I guess she had no clue to what she was admitting to. No. And, and, and had had she been interviewed today, she probably would have said something entirely differently. Thank goodness she was interviewed before all the stuff with Nunez going to the uh, the White House compound. To it was get, before Donald Trump's tweet that, that changed all this stuff. And right. They, they, and uh, that was really the, 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 the spying on him was the, was the real issue. And I'm reminded, by the way. Back to 2013, the, the investigative reporter Cheryl Atkinson, the government put spyware onto her computer and even planted classified documents 
on her computer. So this has been going on for quite some time. And in case people missed it, we actually interviewed her on the Jen and Don show on Thursday. So thanks for bringing that up and an opportunity to plug our show. We need to take a quick break, but there's been, there's so much more from, you know, our thoughts about the Neil Gorsuch hearing and the threat of filibuster to, uh, you know, what's been ha- rolling back EPA regs. You know, Pruitt did that this week. So much is going on and it seems to get covered up by the headlines. We'll be back with more on the United IE radio program after this message from our sponsor. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. I'm back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the pro radio program for the most important political office in the country under a constitutional republic, as we still have, despite the fact that the leftists are trying to change that, the most important political office, and that is of private citizen, you the listener. You know, we were talking around about the, the, you know, what's unfolding in our country under this new presidency of Donald Trump. And, you know, Donald Trump didn't create what's going on. He simply exposed it. He exposed the collusion between the media and the uh, the Democratic Party. He exposed the lie of, uh, you know, immigration reform as being a cover for uh, essentially um, giving all of the uh, people who are here illegally uh, not immunity, but what am I thinking? Amnesty. Amnesty, yeah. So he's exposed all these lies, but the, one of the things that journalists, real journalists, are beginning to write about... Are there any left? Yeah, there's a couple. Dan Gre- Daniel Greenfield is a great uh, journalist that you can follow on Front Page Mag. And he had an article this past week called A Civil War Has Begun. And I just want to uh, share the first two paragraphs with because uh, it's really germane to everything we're discussing. This civil war is very different than the last one. There's no cannons and cavalry charges. The left doesn't want to secede. It wants to rule. Political conflicts become civil wars when one side refuses to accept the existing authority. The left has rejected all forms of authority that it doesn't control. The left has rejected the outcome of the last two presidential elections won by Republicans. It has rejected the judicial authority of the Supreme Court when its decisions don't accord with its agenda. It rejects the legislative authority of Congress when it's not dominated by the left. It rejected the Constitution so long ago that it hardly bears mentioning it was for a total unilateral executive authority under Obama. But now it's for states unilaterally deciding what laws they will follow. 
This is exactly what's unfolding because the left, nobody, the media, nobody anticipated a Donald Trump victory. And all of this Russian stuff that we're hearing is an effort to explain it. Well, it's, it's to explain it incorrectly. Well, yeah, or to under or to undermine uh, President Barack, to undermine President Trump's legitimacy. I'm, I have a hard time believing that these uh, these Democrats really believe any of this nonsense because there is no evidence to support it. Right. But 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 Greenfield Greenfield is right on about what's happening in the country and and this really all out war and and we, it ties back into something that Robert Spencer said in our first half hour is that on the left is the alliance with, between them and the as Islamists and it's not just a um, common enemy right Western civilization of Christianity of constitutional government it's that they are both this uh, the supremacy of the state over the individual, the power and control over the individual. And they, they, they share that. And they, and they also have a, common, they have a common ideology that transcends all, the Islamists and the left. So everything is subordinate to advancing that, their respective ideologies. That's part why they get along so well. And the way Greenfield, this article is, explaining this is what the left is, whatever it is. If we like the Congress today, if we control it. If we don't, ignore it. We like the law if it's in our favor, if it serves our cause. But if it doesn't, then we ignore the law. We like the Supreme Court when it's making up things that we agree with, but we don't like the Supreme Court when it doesn't. Perfect example of what you're talking about is what unfolded this week when California State Attorney General levied charges at the two individuals that did the undercover videos of Planned Parenthood this week, 15 felony criminal charges for violating privacy, when the left does the exact same thing when they go into these slaughterhouses to document cruelty to animals. They're invade. They're in. They're they're they're, they're literally invading private property in order to obtain those undercover videos surreptitiously. But yet they never got indicted for that. Instead of investigating the journalists that got those undercover videos on these animal farms, they went after the farmers. In this case, what unfolded this week is that instead of investigating Planned Parenthood like we knew they would not do that, they're investigating and criminalizing the journalists that went undercover and in a public space obtained video camera footage where there's no expectation of privacy. In fact, there are there there are court cases that actually support the work that these journalists did versus not. I expect this case to go really ultimately nowhere. What about your legal mind? Well, I mean, part of it is the intimidation factor. So even if they ultimately lose, even if they ultimately get up to the Supreme Court and they say, no, that right. you, you, you lose, it's the intimidation factor. It's war. It's lawfare. Right. It is. It, it is. It is lawfare. And how many mainstream media, liberal mainstream media, have done undercover investigations where they have the hidden camera, hidden microphone to get people on video saying things that are incriminating or at least show that they're doing something nefarious. And, and under this interpretation, all of that would be illegal. But of course, none of them have been prosecuted. Again, the same thing we just talked about in this article is that when the law is on their side, it becomes mandatory. When the law is not on their side, it's optional. Follow the money, right? You know, we Kamala Harris, who was our prior AG, and Gonzalez, who is now our current AG. Becerra. Becerra, thank you. Um, 
Both of them received multiple tens of thousands of dollars in campaign contributions from Planned Parenthood. It's now be, been revealed. So conflict of interest, Greg? Yeah, it is. But I think I think it's, I think this one's more ideological than it is. Oh, clearly. Than, 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 it, than it really is the money. But I think he should. Becerra should recuse himself because of those contributions, which is the exact same thing they're saying about Nunez. And uh, let's uh, get into Gorsuch. Uh, you know, the the potential for a filibuster by Democrats on the Gorsuch in our final segment. Sure. Uh, time for another message from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they're truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All Star Collision. 951 279 9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office. And before we turn our attention to Neil Gorsuch and those hearings and what's happening on that nomination, let's remember that we have the upcoming Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 30. We have a great lineup of speakers, and you can also connect to the Unite IE groups and learn how you can fulfill your obligations of the most important political office and that of, of private citizen, because Donald Trump is not going to make America great again by himself. Well, and he certainly can't no, do no it in California. Can. So we need to get busy here in the Inland Empire. We need to get re- voters registered. We need to get pushback on what's happening in so many areas. Um, and so we need as many people to come and uh, get connected to this. The It's going to be a great conference. Uh, Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Joel Pollock from Breitbart. It's the fourth annual Unite Inland Empire uh, Conservative Conference. It's the theme this year is, of course, President Trump's first hundred days, what that entailed and what do we have to look forward to. You can get your tickets a couple of places. You can go to UniteIE.com, click on the banner. That'll take you right to the Eventbrite page or AM590.info. Click on the banner there. Uh, scroll down and it'll there will be a little block there. You can register for uh, seats, either the VIP luncheon that starts at 11, doors open at 11, the VIP lunch starts at 1130 with a speaker, or the conference starts at 1, doors open at 1, and begins at 1.30. Thomas Jefferson said, in questions of power, let then let no more be heard of confidence in man but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. And that's at the core of really the debate that's been going on regarding the Neil Gorsuch hearing. Uh, The Democrats talk about what they call the living Constitution, which really means is that liberal judges get to make it up as they go along. This is really illustrated by a a court of appeal judge, uh, Richard Posner, ironically appointed by Ronald Reagan back in the 1980s, he said that uh, judges should not waste any time, not even a second, actually reading the Constitution because those 18th century guys, they didn't know anything about what's going on now. So really it's up to the judges to make up the Constitution today in light of what the judges think are the needs of society. And whereas Antonin Scalia and Neil Gorsuch believe 
that this Constitution is important. It says certain things. It doesn't say other things. And it's not for the judge to impose his or her own personal political views on the country, but rather to follow what's written. And if you want to amend the Constitution, amend the Constitution. If you want to pass a law that provides for something, pass a law that provides for something. But it's not the judge's role to do that. Because if that, if it is, where do you stop? What is the limit? Once you abandon the words of the Constitution as they were understood by the people who enacted them, what limits are there? How far do you go? How far can the Constitution inhale and expand or contract? Because the liberal judges, there's four of them already, if Hillary Clinton had been the president, she would have appointed a fifth liberal justice and they would have abolished effectively the Second Amendment. So they would have ruled that there's no constitutional right to bear arms, notwithstanding what the words say. And so now we have a Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch, that's been advanced by the Trump administration. And this week it became clear that the Democrats are going to do everything that they can to, for one reason or another, uh, he's not in the mainstream. Um, we should have had a vote on Merrick Garland. I mean, there's a there's a litany of reasons the left is advancing. There's no reason to consider Neil Gorsuch because while Donald Trump is under investigation by the FBI. You know, n- newsflash to Schumer it's not Donald Trump that's under investigation. It's the campaign that's under investigation. Right. And, and we talked about previously, there's no evidence. And of course, the investigation will go on as long as Donald Trump is president, because if they, have, if they haven't gotten anything yet, we just need to investigate further. Then we'll find something. I'm sure we're now that we're in year five of the investigation. If we just keep going on another year, I'm sure we'll find something. Well, we got another 30 days to complete Donald Trump's first 100 days. The first 60 have certainly been interesting. I'm sure the next 30 will be equally as interesting and give us lots to talk about at the upcoming Unite IE Conservative Conference. Whether Neil Gorsuch, which I understand the Republicans are trying to force a vote on uh, next week, right? Yes. So that would be April the 7th, I think. I think the, I think the schedule for a committee vote on April 3rd, and they'll try to bring it up for the Senate on April 7th, and then we'll see if the Democrats are able to amount a, a filibuster, which for which they'll need 41 Democrat senators to do that, and we'll see if they're able to get that. And if so, the Repu- can, will the Republicans then exercise the nuclear option to override that? We'll be talking about that on next Saturday's program, the Unite IE Radio. We'll be back then. Have a great week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.